When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Michael Reed Show podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at lmfm.ie My name is Bosco Kennedy. My younger brother, James Kennedy, was murdered in the Boogies 29 years ago. James was the youngest victim that day at 15 years of age. He was the second of five brothers. And my mother never, ever got over it. Within two years, she had died of a broken heart. My father died six years ago in 2015. Both of them died without having any justice. All we're asking for is the Ombudsman report to be published so no more people have died. All we want is justice. My daddy is Joseph Patrick McNally and I'm his daughter, Tracy McNally. He was in the Armour Bookies massacre in 1992. My name is Billy McManus. My father, Willie McManus, was murdered in Sean Green's Bookies on the 5th of February in 82. Um, name's Thomas Duffin. My father, Jack, was shot dead in Ormel Bookmakers, 1982, by a uh, murder gang. My name is Naomi Burns, and I am the granddaughter of Willie McManus, who was murdered at the Sean Graham bookies attack. And I'm 18, and all my life, all me and my family have wanted is for the report to be published by the police ombudsman. I'm Eve Hazard. I am the niece of Mark Hazard, who was shot and injured in the Sean Graham bookies. Unfortunately, Mark passed away um, last week, and he was buried yesterday. These families have been denied access to justice. They have been denied their right to truth recovery. Police ombudsman's investigators have been denied sensitive material. It has been withheld by the police. The police themselves have hidden in secret courts. And there have been vexatious appeals by retired police officers against the very powers of the police ombudsman. My name is Mark Sykes. I was shot and injured in Sean Green's bootmakers. My 18-year-old brother-in-law, Peter McGee, was murdered in the same attack. Collusion in this case is irrefutable. Marie Anderson must publish this report right now. My father's generation have had a fight for the truth. My generation's going to fight for the truth. Publish the report now. A reminder of uh, the troubles on uh, this island, not that any of us, certainly uh, the people we've uh, just been listening to, need any reminder. And uh, I'm sure Mark Sykes, uh, the person you heard just uh, close uh, to the end, uh, most definitely somebody who doesn't uh, need a reminder, although he got a a dreadful reminder, I think, on Friday. Let's uh, talk uh, to Mark Thompson, who's Chief Executive Officer of Relatives for Justice. Good morning to you, Mark, and thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, Before... uh, 
uh, we talk uh, about uh, this recent controversy. Uh, perhaps uh, you'd uh, tell us a, a little bit uh, about what we've been listening to there. Uh, that's uh, taken from a, a video that you published in the last couple of days. Um, just over a week ago, Michael, with the families on the basis of what's coming up to the 29th anniversary. And there's been an ombudsman's report that has been completed and is gathering dust on a shelf in Belfast in that office. Um, that report um, has been several years in the making. Indeed, the previous ombudsman, Dr. Michael McGuire, uh, sought intelligence from the PSNI regarding the murders that they retained, and the PSNI refused to give that intelligence over. And Dr. McGuire took an unprecedented move whereby one statutory organisation, the Police Ombudsman, took judicial review proceedings to the Belfast High Court to challenge the failure to provide that information about these murders. The, we had a change in Chief Constable from Matt Baggett during that process to George Hamilton. And George Hamilton then uh, uh, conceded um, and, and said that he had provided all the intelligence to the Police Ombudsman to enable him to conduct his investigation. Um, a, a, a couple of years after that, uh, George Hamilton um, had, had to acknowledge that not all the material was provided, that there was 30 boxes of sensitive intelligence material relating to these murders, special branch handlers involved and handling agents involved in the murders, and the provision of weapons um, by handlers in the RUC special branch to the killers. Um, and he again apologised. And then he had to again apologise because the PSNI provided one of the murder weapons, an assault rifle, to the Imperial War Museum in Belfast, uh, in London, sorry, from Belfast to London, to put on display in, in the Imperial War Museum in London. Mm. And then he had to apologise for that. And there's been a long litany of um, issues in, in regards to this particular case. And that report is not being published indeed as referred to in the video by Solicitor and Al Murphy, there is the use of secret courts and closed material procedures in several cases where the families sought disclosure of documents in which they went into closed uh, evidence and uh, arguments being made by the PSNI, the MOD and the intelligence services that these uh, papers are about national security and can be revealed to the families because it would put in danger the lives of those people that were working in, in loyalist paramilitaries and involved in these, this atrocity. So the, the events of Friday were, um, the plan was that um, a handful of relatives would lay flowers, a decade of the rosary would be said, wait a minute, silence, and that would be, um, that would be recorded and, and, and put live on Facebook for, for other family members to watch because they wouldn't go because of COVID regulations. Okay. And well, in the context of, sorry, Michael, Sorry, the, the, P- the PSNI contended uh, that those uh, attending the memorial service were in breach of coronavirus guidelines uh, and moved in. And Mark Sykes, who we mentioned, uh, as I'm sure people are very much aware at this stage, uh, was not just arrested but taken away in handcuffs. Well, well yes, you see, the plan was event and then put the video that listeners have will have heard online just calling for the report to be published and Mark Sykes the, you know the Chief Constable said that there was up to 30 to 40 people that that's not true, there, there, there was a small number of people and there were they live in the street, these families open their blinds when they wake up in the morning and the memorial's in front of them, they take two steps to three steps from their door and they're onto the street, it's a physical reminder every day and they sit at their doors and one by one of, of representative of five sets of flowers went up to leave flowers, and when Mark Sykes went with his three-year-old granddaughter to leave flowers for, the, for, for Mark's brother-in-law and her uncle Peter McGee, who was 18 and was killed, 
it was then that the PSNI officers moved in. Now, what's emerging and what has emerged in the solicitor involved now, Mercy will do a press conference later in the week, is we now know that those officers were directed to go there and to arrest Mark Sykes. And it's seen as a vindictive part of a pattern that's been continued mm. by the PSNI against these families, whether it's in the court, withholding information, preventing the Ombudsman from getting information to complete a report, or preventing now the publication of that. Report. Is that for sectarian reasons, in your view, is the PSNI a sectarian police force? Because the no, PSNI no. Uh, was uh, established in order to bring a, about an end to sectarian policing. But uh, the way those at the memorial on Friday were treated by PSNI officers uh, is being compared to how loyalist paramilitaries were treated by the same police force uh, who seemed to ignore a, a strong uh, ga- or a, a, a large gathering as a, a, a show of strength by these loyalists. Well, well there, there are way there are problems in terms of uh, double standards in terms of how the PSNI have been policing. Yes, uh, there was up to 60 to 100 masked and um, armed with cudgels as well. UVF members in East Belfast seeking to de- eject people from their homes and the PSNI didn't do anything. They observed it. And then you have by the victims of loyalist paramilitaries when they try to they, they have prayers and life flowers for those that they're the ones that were killed. That's a wider issue in terms of was this a sectarian issue? I don't think it was. I think the problem is with the PSNI is that they have attempted to shield and cover for the sins of the RUC. And that has brought them into a terrain um, where it, it, it's very controversial in terms of legacy. There are over 900 civil cases lodged in the Belfast High Court regarding around 1,000 murders. Uh, in which it is alleged that the state and the RUC were involved in with loyalist paramilitaries. And the the the, the, the PSNI retained the information that the RUC had on all of these murders, and they are refusing to provide it, and then they're using national security to cover them for not providing it. What is essentially happening is that the PSNI, at, at, at certain levels, um, are, are, are covering and shooting former RUC members and retired officers and the reputational damage to the RUC in terms of what, what will be exposed in a number of these cases. And it goes to the very heart of legacy. In fact, I was on your show talking about why 3,500 people signed a, a, an open letter to both governments calling for the implementation of the legacy mechanisms agreed to deal with the past. The British government are currently blocking that, and so are the PSNI. At one level on the face of it, the PSNI chief constable said that he would embrace that process and that it should happen, and then on another level, what they're actually doing, they're not doing that. Um, what about the Chief Constable's position now? Uh, 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 is the apology enough? Uh, are people accepting Simon Burns' apology, or should he go further and step down, as some have suggested? Well, well you know, I deal with this in a couple of ways, Michael. For the families, this will have been the third apology by a Chief Constable in respect to how they have been treated, the weapon being handed over to the Imperial War Museum that was used to shoot Mark Sykes and kill five people and injure others, and then, obviously, the deliberate withholding of intelligence central to the murders, and now we have this incident, and the families are saying this not just as a random incident, but rather something in which other officers were directed to this thing by more senior officers that have an issue with these families and want to intimidate them and harass them in terms of their campaign to, uh, to, to seek the truth. And their campaign is a legitimate campaign. They're, they're simply, and you'll hear it in the video that you did play, mm. they want the report that the police ombudsman has completed sitting on her desk. And the PSNI are, are roadblocking and standing in the way of that because that report will contain serious, serious evidence. 
if I could liken this to the Lock and Island um, report to which some of your listeners may be familiar in June 1994 uh, when eight, eight, six people were killed when loyalists entered a, a, a bar in County Down and killed people watching the Ireland at least soccer match, the World Cup match. Those killings took place. There was a film made and two investigative journalists provided evidence and information and documents that they were in possession with this investigative journalist that showed that one of the killers was an agent of the RUC and had never been questioned. Instead of going and acting on that evidence, which the filmmakers put into the public domain and the film No Stone Unturned, their homes were raided, their computers seized, they were arrested and they were charged. Now that went to court and it was overturned. The Lord Chief Justice said it was despicable mm. and it was such an interference in due process and, and, and the, the rights of journalists and the rights of the public. You, they, they hear that information and people are likening what happened to Mark Sykes to this type of harassment and intimidation that is seeking to try and prevent the truth about what the RUC were involved in. And this then brings PSNI into disrepute and people are now saying, well, where do you draw the line? If the PSNI are prepared to cover up what the RUC did, in, in, in Lock and Island. Is, is there a difference between the two? Well, you see, that's the question that the public are asking. Now, I, I, yeah. You know, people are talking about all sorts of things, all sorts of shit to watch the community where a man was knocked down just at the weekend and killed. His family requires civic policing. They require the people responsible for that to be brought before justice. But what we need to also understand, there are serious political problems within policing. And, and if, I might, if I may take the opportunity to say... Drew Harris is now the Garda Commissioner, and when he was at the PSNI, Drew Harris spent more time as an Assistant Chief Constable in charge of Legacy inside the courtroom in Belfast at inquest and other hearings, trying to justify why he would not release documents. And, 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 and in part, the whole legacy debate and how we deal with the past and how, who did what to whom is embroiled now in the midst of policing to which they will not let that issue go okay. and they will not pass it on to some independent arbitrator to examine. Okay. And that's the terrain we're in. And uh, that continually, day by day, brings the PSMI and its credibility, any of it that's had left, completely into disrepute. Okay, I'm sure that message will be relayed to, to the Phoenix Park, Mark. we leave it there, though, for the moment. And thank you, as always, for joining us on the programme. Mark Thompson is uh, the Chief Executive Officer of Relatives for Justice. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.